Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am back again. I am back. I have decided that I want to do another podcast. This is episode eight of my podcast. And I know that my rival, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, is either making an announcement about the lockdown restrictions and the easing of the lockdown restrictions. I am not interested. I, I, I just want to continue to broadcast my podcast or sodcast or whatever I call it whilst I'm still under house arrest until the 2nd of December. I want to start by also thanking everyone who has continued to support me. Uh, it's a running joke that I am not getting any downloads in Africa. Uh, I think that's African, African racism. That's more, that's what I think it is. But I'm getting lots of downloads across Europe, the United States and everywhere else. So it's fantastic, really fantastic. And uh, I am looking forward to introducing you to my next guest, uh, he is a fantastic comic. Uh, I met you. I'll tell you what happened. I went to Edinburgh Fringe in 20, 2019, which was last year. And obviously, because of what happened in terms of the attempted coup between BBC Studios and E4, uh, my profile was raised and a lot of people wanted to talk to me. And I remember on the streets of Edinburgh, I was just walking and I just saw this person who out of the blue just introduced himself and he was so brave. He went past my security people. I just couldn't believe it. I don't know how he breached security. And all of a sudden I saw this camera on my face. Oh, Mr. President, uh, would you like to, to be filmed for an interview? And I was taken aback. I saw him and I saw this beautiful woman because I was looking for my sixth wife as well. And he had someone called Gabby who was next to, to uh, so he, he did his job very well. He knows I love women. And so that was the way he caught my attention. We had a very good uh, discussion and we've kept in touch ever since, just like it is in, in Edinburgh. I've done some of his gigs. I did his um, Zoom gay comedy night, uh, probably about a few, I can't remember how long ago. A few weeks back, a few yeah. weeks back. But please, yes. whatever you do, don't tell Mugabe that I did a, a gay comedy night. Yeah, I anyway, don't go to church. Yeah, and I can't go to church and all that. But he, he's, he's all right. But um, so I'm going to introduce you to Lucian Jack. Some people call him Lulu. Some call him Lucian Jack. I want to introduce you to someone who I greatly respect. And we've been talking behind the scenes about projects that we need to do during the lockdown. We've been talking about sitcom projects. And just before this started, I had another idea and I shared it with him. But I can't say anything. I'm not supposed to say anything. My people have said, I say too much about my projects. Don't say anything so they don't nick it off you. They don't steal it off you. But hello, the title of this- Hello. Uh, hello, the title of this podcast is called <laughs> If Comedians Rule the World. So those of you who've been listening, you understand that the uh, comedians get a chance to speak on a subject that they are very comfortable talking about. And that's what we are going to do. So Lucien Jack, how are you? I'm doing very, very well. Lovely, lovely to go and see you again, my president. Uh, first of all, I want to go and tell you about the whole Edinburgh experience. You know, I saw you doing your street work, doing your charity work. Kirsty walked, she couldn't even get in. I pushed her out the way and I grabbed in front of you with Gabby. And I'm very, very glad we had the opportunity to go and talk to you then. And you know, Kirsty walk. I don't ah. care about her, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a better journalist. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, 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 and what's really <laughs> interesting is I that the production was fantastic it felt like at one point i thought i could use it to forgive bbc and e4 studios because that's one of the reasons why i granted that interview i thought you were from the bbc so i was quite disappointed oh. 
when I found out that that wasn't the case, but it's it's, it's it was just yeah. YouTube, yeah, it's not on BBC just, yet. Yeah. So. And how many views did we get on YouTube? Um, it wasn't the most uh, viewed video, but as you know, when it comes to comedy, it's not about the amount of views. It's the about is the amount of hate comments that really, really matter. And we got so, so we events, should so. have done a very hateful. Maybe <laughs> we should do a very hateful podcast. That's what we would do. Oh, we maybe should. we should. Maybe that will get us a lot of downloads and views. So how have you well, been? Well, it's hateful. It's my branding. So yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you? How have you been? How how have you been coping with the lockdown? This is the second lockdown now by uh, Bojo uh, and I understand my people tell me that he has decided that he's going to ease the uh, lockdown but there is a tier system that I don't seem to understand a three tier system but how have you been anyway how have you been well first of all about the whole tier system how is it working in the Lafter Republic do you know anything about what's going on there there is no tier system. We have been on lockdown since the country was created. We don't, you know, look, we, we don't need, we, you know, yeah, we need to be very, very specific to our citizens. There is nothing like a tier system. We don't, we, you people behave as if in order for you to have a lockdown, it's like you're almost voting. You're, <laughs> you have to vote whether you want lockdown or not, or whether you want a tier system. We don't believe, as you know, we don't believe in democracy. We, we, we want to kill democracy. Why, why should yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and look, at, look at the states of America and look at the states of the United States. You can tell that these democracies are virus and it's not working. So we don't have a tier system. Uh, and I'm really fascinated to see how this new arrangement is going to work. But apart from that, mm. how have you been? How have you been coping? How have, because I know you have a creative mind, you're a creative soul and creative people are restless. How have you been coping? How have you keeping yourself busy? Well, you know, I'm going to be very serious for at least 10 seconds of this podcast. Um, I've just tried to make sure, you know, I have a really, really good uh, daily routine. So I make sure I wake up really, really early as a comedian and writer. So I wake up around one o'clock in the afternoon mm. um, and I just make sure I go to bed at a really, really sensible time, which mm. is around 5 a.m. Mm. Um, these things I think are very, very important. You know, I'm reducing the amount of alcohol I drink. I'm down to around four pints of beer at night. Um, I'm trying to eat really, really well. I'm up to at least around two vegetables a day. Um, I won't say where I put them. Um, so these are the things I'm really trying to make sure, you know, healthy body, healthy mind. These are the things that are very, very important for me during lockdown. Okay, if I've heard you correctly, unless my, my, uh, my listening skills are that poor, you said you are now on four pints a night? Four pints of beer a night, yes, which is really, really good, I know. Yeah. So before the lockdown, what were you drinking? How many? Um, I was drinking around, you know, so I was doing the whole William Hague technique. I was doing around 10 pints a night of vodka. Yeah, and pretty, good, pretty good. And, and you're still alive? Um, no, I'm actually a ghost. I'm actually with uh, Robert Mugabe right now. He says hi, by the way. Yeah, he misses you're, you. So you're, you're, you're he's doing he's single heart. heart. You're, you're, you're a dead voter, huh? I'm a dead voter, yes. Yeah, if I was yeah. in America, I would be voting for the Democrats. Okay, so have you, have you been doing lots of gigs? Have you been performing at all? online or just not wanting to do any Zoom gigs? In all honesty, I haven't. I've only done two Zoom gigs since March. Um, I think, I don't, I don't know about, about for you, but for me, I need to have an audience. I need to be in a theatre. I need to be on a stage. And performing to a digital camera doing stand-up comedy, I 
I just I, I just don't feel comfortable. I know it's the main solution we've had, but I don't really feel comfortable doing it. But what I have been doing, I have been hosting uh, comedy nights, as I know, as you know, because you have performed with us. Um, I've been doing it every single Wednesday. It's called the Big Gay Comedy Show. And we do it uh, for Wandsworth Oasis, which is an amazing HIV and AIDS charity who help those living with HIV and AIDS in South London. So I've been hosting, I've been doing improv, all those things, but performing stand-up, no, I've not been doing it, unfortunately. And you've been, uh, you have you had the opportunity to raise enough funds for the charity? Are you trying to get some of the funds? No, not really. You, you know, that is stereotyping. I might even be able to it make would some... It be stereotyping. I, if, if you, I, I, I might be able to contribute, so far you're able to accept my laughter republic currency and might be able to make some donations to the charity i know actually you did offer to offer us 100 billion uh, laughter dollars yes. uh, which actually constitutes around two pound 50 right we have about one pound 50 but one pound 50 i do apologize but 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 we, we I, I, I hate to swear but we know that because of brexit and covid pounds is shit right now is really shit in terms of the values it is it i know awful awful so, uh, so you've been involved in, you, have you been writing much or what are your plans for the future? I mean, it's really interesting you talk about uh, not wanting to do Zoom gigs, but I genuinely believe that the comedy game is so different now compared to what it was before lockdown. And mm. um, it feels like, uh, how would I best describe it? Like uh, the comedy industry feels like a war zone at the moment, you know, where there's so many bomb sites and, and it's devastated and it's going to take some time for it to get back to what it used to be if it ever gets back to what it used to be so isn't it yeah important that uh, comedians find uh, other skills uh, to, to, to 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 create content yeah other skills also like working in cyber security i heard that's a very very good option uh, that we do have yeah. um in my opinion i think you know we are heading towards a new media sort of comedy and performing where you know because you have the social media apps such as you know instagram and facebook and tiktok mm. and youtube you can create comedy material using these platforms mm. uh, which of course is a great thing the only issue which i have as a performer and i don't want to go and step on your toes here because i know it's a personal issue you have had in the past people are relying more less on the ground roots sort of comedy and new comics they're relying on what's already out there from the big professionals who have all the marketing and um, funding and budgets behind them on mm. platforms such as Netflix and mm. um, all the uh, main broadcast channels yeah. um, in the world. So therefore, you know, when you have these online gigs, I think people will think, why should I go and see a lineup of uh, 10 comedians doing an open mic when I could be watching uh, James Akister live on Netflix? So I think, you know, as a community, we have to make sure, you know, we have to all start somewhere, but we have to go and support these smaller events um, and I think as organisers, as hosts, as promoters, when we put on these events, we have to make sure there is a familiarity uh, between the shows. There's something which is different. The fact that people can comment and have their um, comments posted. Um, these are the things I think we have to really try and uh, keep a eye on. So are you saying to me indirectly that uh, people would rather see a caster rather than see me? Um, well, if they're in Africa, I heard they're bigger Acaster fans than yours. 
I just wanted to go and add as well. I heard that I, I can't believe Northern Africa has downloaded your podcast, which is so funny because before this, I actually went on the iTunes chart for Laughter Republic. You're still number one. Um, weird, right? Um, but it is, um, all jokes aside, I think, you know, people will obviously concentrate on the bigger names, which have the bigger marketing and production values, which again, I fully understand. But as an industry, we have to try and fight back and try and personalize the events we do so people come and watch us rather than a Netflix. You are making me feel worse. So you are basically saying to me that a caster has a higher profile than me. That is what you are saying to me. A president of a great nation cannot get a production company, cannot get the marketing, cannot. That is what you are actually saying to me. Has a caster invited you to his podcast? Well, I will tell you this about James Akerstis. We're both from Kettering, Northamptonshire. He was actually in the same year at school and the same school as my sister. And last year, you won't believe this, my president, they had a list of the top 10 famous faces of Kettering. He was number 10 and I was number six. So if we're going to compare you and me to James Akerstis, at least I'm four places above him. And in my heart, you're obviously number one to his number two. Okay, okay. Right, let's move on from... A caster, but that is very useful information. But also on a serious note, it, you make some really valid points because I, I was saying to someone the other day as well that look, it's the high-profile comic that are going to uh, seize get you know they, there is opportunities for them during this lockdown. But key thing is we have to create our own niche and we have to keep continuing to to create content. That is my view, and that's one of the reasons why I. I created this podcast, The Comedians Rule the World. So on that basis, and you know the premise behind this uh, podcast, have you thought about the topic you'd like us to address uh, today? So obviously, you know, you come from Africa and we know what massive uh, supporters, um, Africans, especially the leaders are, in the LGBTQ plus experience. Yeah. So today, my president, I would like to talk to you about the LGBT um, experience, if possible. Okay, um, I, you will have to explain to me what LGBT means, because it feels like an alphabet. It feels like A, B, C, D, E. What does LGBT mean? Well, L stands for lesbians. I'm sure you love lesbians. G stands for gay, B stands for bisexuals, and T stands for transsexuals. So it's LGBT. Uh, yes, that's okay. a dyslexic, it's very yeah. hard to say that. So why haven't they added the S, the strings? Why, in comparison, why isn't there a white lives matter? That's pretty much a similarity ah, to it, you know. Okay, yeah, you need, just need to explain this um, to me. Okay, fine. That is a very um, interesting subject. And as you know, we African leaders support. We were well ahead of the game in terms of LGBT long before uh, America and all these other countries. They have been lagging behind. What experience do you want to share with me about LGBT? I think the thing I want your audience to take away from this. So if you again, if you aren't part of the LGBT world, then unless you're the QIA+, which obviously has a representative um, 
quality to it, um, you might um, identify as straight. Um, and I think one thing I know we were chatting about before coming on today, you know, I think when you grow up in life, you're automatically um, assigned, you are personally assigned as being straight. Mm. So when you're at school, when you're four years old, is a case of, oh, um, oh, is this your girlfriend if you're a boy? Because of someone in the class you may, you may sort of flirt with and um, everyone in your family and your friends is assume you're going to be straight. And the moment in your mind, you think maybe I am not straight. That's obviously very, very, it's a very difficult hurdle for lots of people to uh, go through. So you, so, you, so you go through schools and you're told you should be straight and inside you're thinking, well, this is obviously not uh, what I am. And then you have to make the decision, okay, am I going to tell anyone this? And of course, 99% of people do not tell this because we are automatically meant to go and be straight. And then you start going through body changes um, and then your hormones start ra uh, raging up. And you really have to have a lot of confidence to sort of establish the fact, you know, I am different. This is what makes me different. Am I going to tell people? And in a lot of cases, some people go through all their lives, never openly accepting this or never telling it. Uh, people this um, some people wait till the end of their lives to go uh, to go through this um, acceptance so one thing I think and it's very important in the arts as well is being able to go and tell any young people uh, watching this or anyone seeing any sort of comedy or performance art on stage you know we have gone through this and it takes the ultimate bravery to go and admit that you're not the typical straight person society expects acts, well, expects you to be um, and um, you, you need the bravery, but you aren't the only person. And that's something I like to make sure I do in my own comedy. Um, I like to go and talk about my experiences and talk about, you know, sort of my coming out and mm. myself, because hopefully I can um, help other people. Mm, okay, that's, that's interesting. Um, so do you feel uh, that, um, don't you think that there's uh, progress right now compared to where we were 20 years ago or so, do you, do you feel that it's much, uh, if you were, I don't know, I don't know whether you want to make this personal in terms of when you came out, uh, is it easier to come out now than when it was 20 years ago? What's your, your view? It's never easy to come out. And I think also, if you're looking at the entertainment, um, and if you're looking at the entertainment industry, you know, when you are out, you immediately come across as fabulous. And there's lots of young girls who go and like what you do and say, well, what's going to have a gay best friend and you're going to be sparkly and you're going to be mm. fabulous. But it's that time in between when you're going through the changes, it's hard, whatever age it is. Mm. Um, I think, you know, um, for me, I realised my sexuality over 20 years ago. I know I look really young. Um, you, 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 I think, young. You know, I know. And the thing is, I have no makeup on today. I'm covering my hair. Uh, but that's a different story. Uh, come watch my show on Wednesdays and look a lot better, okay. I promise. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, um, I think there's a lot more, it's a lot more in the mainstream now, which might make it easier. But for yourself, you're going against what society wanted for you. Um, so it's difficult, whatever age, whatever time, whatever place in the world. Mm. You know, think about this, you know, in the Soviet Union, they legalised homosexuality in 1922. People often forget about that. And then, okay. you know, that's nearly 100 years ago. And look at what Russia's doing now. It's always going to be an um, uphill struggle. Mm. Um, you know, pride is not a celebration, it's a protest. Mm. Um, so we just have to make sure, you know, as people who have accepted um, our 
queerness, um, our LGBT nature, we have to make sure we continue to show people this, um, whether you're a performer or not, make sure everyone knows who you are and be proud of it, because it's yeah. just going to make um, it easier for the younger generations. So if you look at uh, several other sectors compared to the entertainment industry, would you say that uh, certainly I, I, I have been performing across uh, the United Kingdom and I have to say that I have met several gay and lesbian comics and uh, before I came into the comedy community, um, my interaction with gay and lesbian people was obviously limited and wasn't done intentionally, just that was the way it was, but it's been a great exposure to, to uh, listen to some of the stories. Actually, that's what's, what's really interesting is when, you, and maybe you might explain this to me because um, I, hear, I, I do have, I know I've seen comics who go on stage and they talk about their sexuality because, and they make it funny. Some make it really, really funny and some are not so funny. I'm not going to mention <laughs> names. Um, but uh, and that's been an education when you hear some of it, because I know as a comic, when I hear these things, I know audiences are thinking, oh, is this really real or not real? But I know that it's real or some of it is exaggerated. So it's been an education for me in terms of some of the uh, challenges that the LGBT community has experienced. Um, but I have never understood why that is, how would I put it? Um, a main subject for discussion on stage. It's almost like you saying, oh, you're a black comic. Why should you talk about being black? Do you understand what I'm saying? Even though uh, you, all black, uh, black people's experiences are different, depending on where they are, where they live, how they were brought up. And I'm sure it's the same for, for, for um, gay people and lesbian people as well. So I don't know whether you can put that into context in terms of, certainly I think the, entertainment industry is more acceptable is more acceptable to uh, LGBT compared to other sectors that I have walked in. Um, first of all, I'm going to rearrange myself because I'm actually sitting on my bed. I thought you were you were listen, now listen, my president. Oh yeah, I'm actually Terry Waits. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you recognize me? No, um, I have I'm, I'm lying on my bed. Uh, crossing my legs and I have a, a memory foam mattress okay. and my legs has gone to sleep so now I'm going to sit back relax and yeah. hold up my laptop and talk to yeah. better lighting as well which obviously makes a massive massive difference um but I'm a very I'm not a journalist but I would be a very good journalist if I yeah. could go and uh, channel my inner Terry Waits mm. um but no from back what you have what you have just said um you know as comedians you get the biggest laugh first of all when you're your authentic self and number two when you can relate the most personal parts of yourself and your upbringing or anything that really sort of has been traumatic or different for you and you share it with an audience that's what at least for me I get the best reaction as a comic mm. so these are the things I write about um, in answer to your question mm. so talking about my experiences growing up talking about my awakening talking about things I've gone through these are the things audiences can I guess relate to me best on mm -hmm. um, so that's why I do it but also as well I think it's my place as well yeah you know um, in my comedy I don't just talk about being gay I talk about a plethora of many other topics 
but it's something I will always talk about because it's something which sets me apart and it's what my and my unique experiences mm. I guess will um, be more of an enjoyment to the audience. Have you ever been to Africa? Um, I have been to Northern Africa. Okay. I have. Yes, I've been to, no, um, I've been to Morocco, been to Tunisia, and I've been to Egypt. Okay, and when you went to those places, were you comfortable being in the, those areas? Because of obviously some of the views of Africans in terms of homosexuality. Yeah, well, um, I haven't been to those places since I've come out to myself. Okay. Interestingly, um, but is so I, I will tell you one thing so um i have spent a lot of my time in russia okay um i actually did russian at university I, li I lived over in russia and the funny thing is if you're a little bit effeminate if you're a little bit different they don't sort of understand it what well, at least in my experience mm. it's like you're law where is your wife and it's like um i don't have a wife and it's like you're 24 years old you must have wife like, <laughs> you do okay. you do very good right? <laughs> and um, they just don't understand how you couldn't see the I'm saying it in Russian so you can pay your translators lots of money for when you transcribe this yeah. sticking up for the economy and the linguists um, so they don't, they, 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 they don't really understand what gay means that's what I found it to be like in Russia maybe it's the same in um, Africa I mm. don't know well I know for a fact that they have uh, uh, obviously uh, an LGBT community in in Africa in all these places uh, but definitely on a serious note the, the it's not accepted the way it's accepted in the West and we know that quite a number of African presidents have in, in Uganda for example uh, if you're found you're yeah. killed uh, so there's nothing like gay marriage and I remember Mugabe uh, who basically said to Obama at the time that Obama passed the law for gay marriage in America, and he was basically saying, I can't remember how he said it, but whether Obama would want to marry him, that sort of, that sort of thing. So um, it, the reason I asked about Africa, obviously, is the fact that I didn't realize that you hadn't come out when you went to Africa. But if you had the opportunity to go now to Africa, would you go and would you feel comfortable going to places that, don't necessarily accept uh, gay people? Well, first of all, I don't want to sound too bougie here. If I were to go back to Africa, I'd probably go to a nice resort that need to have the lovely Westerners money. And I'm sure <laughs> walking around hand in hand with my boyfriend at the Hilton Sharm El Sheikh would be no issue at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then again, if I were to go downtown um, um, Uganda, and do a live performance on stage, mm. I probably would have to go and change my material. And I would be actually fully okay to go and do that. Mm. But I sort of do respect people's boundaries. Mm. Um, but I, I, I would not feel comfortable doing a set over there. No. Yeah. So it's really interesting you, you because I'm getting to know you obviously from this com um, podcast interview, and you have said that you have to respect people's boundaries, but there are some people who would just not respect those boundaries and generally just want to say whatever they need to say because that's who they are. Why, why do you have to respect people's boundaries? Well, I think President Abonjo, I'm just not Joan of Arc. You know, I'm not a martyr. <laughs> okay. um, maybe I should grow a backbone and mm. go to Malawi 
and just do a whole set about fisting. Maybe yeah. that's what I should do. Um, but also, I don't do that stuff anyway. Just yeah, yeah, me. yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, for me, I'm always very PG actually when it comes to comedy. You know, I, yeah, I swear, I, I, I try to keep things quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Um, I will let I will let the um, I'll let the real pioneers um, take that away and campaign, and I'll go wherever I feel safe. But mm. do you know what? If I ever need to have a good press release or get a good article in like a national mm. newspaper, mm. maybe I will go and do a drag performance in uh, Mombasa, mm. and maybe that will get me in the newspapers. Maybe I will become Terry. Wait, maybe they'll tie me to a radiator, and five years later I'll come, fr I'll come free, and then get my Netflix special. Who knows? Who knows? See. So on 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 the premise of this podcast if comedians could rule the world, and I'm just subject in terms of LGBT, and this is around the world now, this is just not about Africa. You have a pen of paper, blank piece of paper, what would you do differently uh, in terms of the LGBT community, in terms of you know the way the world is at the moment? What would you do differently if you were in charge, if you were the leader of the unfree world? We know for a fact, I don't, I don't believe Donald Trump supports the LGBT community. I don't, I don't believe that's the case. But if you were the, the, a leader of influence uh, and you know, people looked up to you, what would you do differently? One thing I would do differently, I would look at the infighting. Um, I think in a lot of movements, both on the left and the right and in the center, everyone who's fighting towards the same goal have these um, I never ever stand for you know why come after those who do um, why do you try and take each other down um, one thing I would look for is unity um, I think that's for me at least very very important you're breaking up <laughs> okay breaking up hello shouldn't we Hello. And so makes a mistake. I've gone off, have I? Yes, you have. You've gone off. You've gone off. Oh, you're, no. fro you're frozen. In my room. Yeah, you're frozen big time. Hello, I think it's me. I have bad connection here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it's frozen. Hello. 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 I'm on a hotspot. Hopefully this is better. Yeah, it is better. So I think because how you how you how you with time? Do you want us to start again? Because there were some because what's happened now is we, we recorded the stuff and there were bits that just froze out. 
completely. Wow. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And that was to do with the Wi-Fi connection. Okay. Especially the way... Of, go on. Do you think any of it was salvageable? Yeah, so, yeah. Some of it will sound visible, but there were some really um, important points you were making, especially when we were talking about if you were the leader of the unfree world, what would you do differently? And it just literally froze. <laughs> okay, so why don't we start at the leader of the first world bit again? Okay, and I'll okay. answer the same way I did. Okay, okay. So, okay. Um, Lucien, uh, you know the premise of this uh, podcast. It's uh, if comedians rule the world. So if you were the leader of the unfree world, if you were in charge uh, of a country, a country that could influence all other nations around the world, and this is not about Africa, because we've had discussions about Africa already and its response to LGBT, what would you do differently? especially when it's now 2020, it's a different year compared to when you came out, it's a different world. What would you do differently? Um, I think one of the main issues I have, if I'm looking at the current situation um, in the LGBT community, it's all about the infighting. You know, we are all going towards the same um, result, which is trying to ensure there is equality regardless of your sexuality. Um, but lots of times you find people just fighting each other, although you have the same end goal. So one thing I would certainly want to do is just make sure we're all on the same page for the same goal. And we just stop trying to bring each other down when we're fighting for the same thing. Uh, you see this a lot um, in the entertainment industry. You see it a lot between comedians. You see it a lot also between the, the drag community, mm -hmm. who I work with a lot. Um, bringing each other down. No, we need to all support each other. Um, that's what I would do if I were president. So it's interesting. So what you are saying to me, if I've heard you correctly, is that there is not a, a, a unified community. It's not. It's it's almost like there there's a. You you mentioned uh, previously. You mentioned the left and the right. So uh, for me to understand this, are you saying that just the way society is at the moment? Because I genuinely believe that if we just take the United Kingdom as an example, there's a lot of division. When you look at Brexit, for mm. example, you've got the left and the right wing. Everything seems to be uh, left wing, right wing. Is that the way the community also exists? Are you saying there's no unity at all and there's division? What's caused the division? Because well, it's not really left and right wing in that sense. Of course, you're always going to have people who are left wing and right wing in any sort of movement. Mm. Um, it's just people like to go and bring each other down. They like to go and find um, flaws in people mm. who are fighting for the same thing. Mm. Um, I don't want to give examples now because it would just be very counterproductive, really. Yeah, yes, um, yes. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I'm, just, I'm just surprised by those comments. I, I genuinely thought for, for, a, for a community that has faced discrimination, that has fought for rights, that there will be more unity uh, in moving things. That's what I would have thought. I think when you have common problems, you should unify the community rather than um, but I, I understand that you might not want to go into the details of it all, but it's just for me to understand um, that 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 is really uh, taking me by surprise. I'll give you one example. I'll give you one example. Um, so have you heard of RuPaul's Drag Race? Yes. Okay, so there was a UK series one which came out last year, and there was a contestant on it called The Vivian. 
okay. who ended up winning the show. Sorry for all the spoilers out there. <laughs> and what the Vivian did, she appeared with Bag of Chips on the, um, the big comedy quiz on Channel 4, which I do every single year. Mm. What was it called? The big end of year quiz mm. with Jimmy Carr. Okay. Anyway, um, they were doing that show and they, um, they were special guests and they had a segment uh, teaching these comedians and TV personalities drag queen terms. And one of the terms which the Vivian taught the Channel 4 audience was fishy, which in drag terms means to look very feminine. So if you're a drag queen mm -hmm. and you say that drag queen is fishy, it means number one, that she looks like a real woman. But number two, she looks fishy because of a feminine smell mm. which certain women can produce. Mm. And after this came on primetime Channel 4, all the LGBT activists immediately pounced on the Vivian saying, how dare you go and say this, not all women are fishy. In the same sense, if you're looking at a trans term, not all women have vaginas. Um, but it's like, no, they had a primetime, on the primetime television programme, there was a drag queen. And I think that's a great thing to go and celebrate, but everyone is sending the Vivian even death threats. And there's still little things like that, you know, she's representing us. Um, you could do it in a lot more concrete way rather than giving a death threat to a drag queen. That's the sort of thing I'm talking about. There's so many different examples, so many different examples. Yeah. Got you Boring, idea. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 uh... but don't use the term fishy, though. We don't like the term fishy. We shouldn't use it. But do not send death threats. That's ridiculous. Yes, and and yeah, it's just very melodramatic. So, what are your plans for the future? What 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 are, what are you planning for the future? What are your plans in, in terms my of near your future? In, in terms of your creativity. <laughs> well, in my near future, my plan is to have at least two more pints before I go to sleep, um, okay. or for, as you know. Um, my plans as a performer, so obviously it's uh, making sure we do go back into live performances. Um, you know, uh, just to add, you know, I had a great opportunity to do a lot of shows um, between lockdown one and lockdown two. Yeah. Um, I got to um, I got to debut my show Slags at Brighton Fringe uh, last month, which was lots and lots of fun. Um, so moving forward, you know, I want to take Slags um, to more venues. I'm, hope I'm hoping to go and do Leicester Comedy Festival mm -hmm. in February. Um, so, so to take slags uh, further afield than just the southeast of England. Um, I am working on a couple of sitcoms at the moment, which, as we know, we cannot possibly reveal out loud. Um, but uh, currently the development's been going on for a while. It's going really, really well. I'm very excited about it. Excellent. Dropping my laptop. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> um, so yes, it's my show and my sitcom. Um, I haven't decided to do a podcast yet, but maybe that's something I can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have yeah. to copy, you know, you actually inspire me, my president, you inspire me. Oh, thank you so much. I think there are, there are other people that can inspire you. Like, yeah, you have a hat oh. on. Uh, I would just say that whatever you want to do, just do it. Just because no one else can drive your ambition or drive what you want to do, you know, and you will make mistakes along the way. And it's it's okay to make mistakes. So, but I'm quite pleased that I'm, uh, I'm doing this. So. You, if I heard you correctly, you said you did the show called Slags. Um, yes. What does Slags mean? Slags stands for Sexy, Loose and Gorgeous Singles. Okay. Not, yes, not it's, a, yeah. it's a one hour show which always has a guest slag performer. Okay. So I always share the spotlight with another, another performer. And we just do stand up comedy based on our dating lives. 
and so lots of stories about um, how we have become, how we have personally become sexy, loose and gorgeous singles. Um, so we have a stand-up element and we also have audience participation. So we have games, we have game show parodies. It's just a one hour show full of lots of fun and happiness, which is what I like to put to the world as a stand-up comedian. Do you think that show would walk in Africa? Um, I heard there are lots of slags in Africa, um, <laughs> but um, um, I couldn't possibly um, talk about my personal life. Um, hopefully, um, absolutely, why not? There are slags across the world. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, this, is, this has been um, interesting and fascinating because I didn't know <laughs> what to expect, to be honest with you, my good friend. But um, it's been, um, at least I, I understand what you would like to do uh, if you were in charge of the world, especially in terms of the LGBT um, community. Um, we've spoken about your plans for the future, even though you, I can understand it's a state secret. You haven't really um, <laughs> mentioned it all, but you've said you've got some sitcoms. I know we've been talking as well. I love the well. E4. E4, E4 as well. Um, I have no beef with them yet. You haven't had a beef with them yet. <laughs> no. Well, I hope well, you don't. have my proposal. Yeah, I hope, carry well, on. <laughs> I hope, I, well, I hope you don't go through what I went through last year. I don't wish it's on my... Do you know what, President? If there, if E4 employ a show about a gay blonde comedian, I'm going to go absolutely mental. I'm going to get on Trotter. I'm going to get on Daily Mirror. You wait and see. My blood's going to come off. The problem with that, there is there's so many gay blondes, aren't they? So uh, why, why would you... Uh, which, is, which is what they were saying at the time. They said, oh, but, you know, you can't keep the monopoly of an African dictator. There, there are several other Thank Africans. Thank you very much for explaining my joke. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly have. Uh, I urge you, I'm going to speak to my Chancellor of the Exchequer. Uh, because we have to sort out your Wi-Fi. Will you need a better? What is the make of your Wi-Fi? Um, I think it's actually uh, from, the, from the Laughter Republic, actually. I, come um, on, get out of here. Laughter Republic? We would do well, Wi-Fi that, that makes you freeze? No way. It does make you freeze. It's very, very cold. It's very, very um, cold. I don't know. Actually, we, we actually, in all honest truth, we do have a new Wi-Fi provider. But I'm doing this today in my bedroom, which does okay. have famously very bad connection. Yeah. You know, so if you go and check my OnlyFans, you know, you'll see sometimes a little bit jittery, but it's either the really bad Wi-Fi connection or just my um, coldness. Um, Sorry, what, what are you doing on OnlyFans? Is that a comedy um, I Again, um, I don't really have OnlyFans, um, but I do support people who do it. Um, it's a social media platform if you want to do, um, if you want to go and do pay-per-view um, performances, which have no limits. So my, so my understanding is that there are comedians on that site. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, if you want to see OnlyFans, the people you have to go and check out are the Cock Destroyers. Have you heard of the Cock Destroyers? Is that a comedy, comedy, comedy show? So what it is, so there are these two women called Rebecca Moore and the other one, who's, um, Sophie Anderson, that is it. And they started off doing uh, full-on porn but then the gay community fell in love with them because they do lots of parodies in their, in their pornos. And now they've just become these massive gay icons. They now do full on comedy as well as porn. So if you go to the OnlyFans, I'm not, I do not subscribe to them. 
I don't know about any fans. I, 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 I am writing it oh. down. So it's I am only fans. So only fans, the cock destroyers. The cock destroyers. So look up the cock destroyers. Um, and I, what they do, they do pornography and they do comedy. And okay, so I am, only, I, I am only interested in the comedy. So if they separate, if I go to their website or go to their page, the cock destroyers, does it separate the porn from the comedy? It is. If you go to the Twitter, you'll you'll see both of them. But usually they have to have certain filters on their Twitter. So you'll just concentrate on the comedy side of things. Okay, good, good, good. Well, but they're hilarious. And ironically, apparently, 95% of their audience are gay men, although they are two um, cis um, women, born women. Okay. Yeah, and their audience are many gay men for their comedy. Wow, yeah. that, that, is, that is a different world entirely. The cock destroyers. I shall even tweet cock about it. Destroyers. Cock, cock or hawk. Oh, you should. They would love you. What was it? Is, is it cock or hawk? C O C K. Oh, okay. Cock destroyers. Okay. I will check them out. I have been looking for something I could watch later on, but I will focus on the comedy rather than the porn side of it. It's really interesting. Two women, and they've been able yeah. to. Yeah. So great. Anyway, hilarious. and YouTube as well. Yeah. Oh, they're on YouTube as well. Oh, okay. I yes. Will, oh, check. the thing you will love. Okay, I, I have a really good idea. Before you go, you have to go and talk to the cock destroyers. Do you know Cat, uh, Pussy Cat Bangkok? No. She's a very, very good comedian. I'll give you her number. She has the number of one of the cock destroyers' personal number. And what they do, they do interviews with certain political leaders. So, Are like, you uh, one of them does. Yeah, they do one with Donald Trump, but obviously, it's like it's not actually Donald Trump. They just take the sound bites. Go on YouTube, look up Cock Destroyers Donald Trump. It's hilarious. Maybe they have to do an interview with you. But yeah, I'll introduce you to Kat. She can get you in touch with um, Sophie. You can then, we, we will sort this out. We will sort yes, this let's, out. let's make this happen. And um, I, I'll probably be the first African president on OnlyFans. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. I heard, I heard uh, Willie Mandela's actually doing it. Willie Mandela's dead. Yeah, RIP. Is she okay. dead? I don't yeah, she did. I, I just couldn't think of another African leader. <laughs> yeah. Zuma, just... Zuma's doing it. There we go. Yeah, Zuma, Zuma, Zuma is on it. Okay, so OnlyFans, cock destroyers. Okay, if you don't mind putting me through to 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 cut, I would love to have an interview. And maybe we could do it vice versa. They do an interview with me. I do a podcast with them. Who knows? That could work. We'll see what we can do. I have no control on this at all. I'm just a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Only fan. Yeah, but you can make a recommendation. <laughs> I like that. So yeah. look, you take care of yourself. I am twenty percent of this collaboration. Yeah, yeah. You I will. yeah, you take care of yourself. Be good. Um we, we, we got there eventually. You you you've educated me on the, the LGBT community. You've uh, given me information about OnlyFans, the cock destroyers. I don't know why I keep saying it all the time. But yes, that's fantastic. Fun and, you to say. Put, and you'll put me in touch with them so that we can have some kind of collaborative work. Look, you have been fantastic. Thank you so much, Leos. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you and enjoyed it. And of course, it. if you want to go and learn more about me, make sure you go to my social media, which all across the platforms, including OnlyFans, is at Laughs with Luli. So you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on TikTok, you're on... Yes. Twitter. Twitter, Twitch. yes, I'm on all of them. Twitch. I'm not on Twitch, no, I'm too old for Twitch. I'm You're too old for Twitch. Okay. So, folks, I hope you have enjoyed this. 
Uh, it's another very interesting subject. Uh, I hope that I would like to think that this particular episode will be downloaded by the LGBT community in Africa. I, that is my challenge. Out. That, yeah, that's what I will do. So listen, you take care of yourself and I will be in touch with you shortly. I shall be pressurizing you to make sure that interview happens with Cop Destroyers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Ciao. Yeah, should be fine. Oh, <gasps> can breathe in now. You can breathe in now. You're right. I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was good. I will ed I will edit it, but it'll be good. It'll be good. We'll, we'll add. You want to see yeah, it before I go? Do you want to see it before I go? No, now? put it out there. I, I didn't give away any secrets today. Yeah, okay. Okay, cool. Because okay. I do have a habit of, of giving too many secrets out from things on okay. Uh, podcasts. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. This show is part of Podomity, the podcast comedy network. We're the best kept secret on Acast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out podomity.com now.